Thank you for tuning in to Making It In The South Sound, the Chambers podcast series, bringing you stories and information about and for the South Sound business community. This podcast series is made possible through the support of our generous sponsors, Amazon, Columbia Bank, Minority Business Development Agency, and Verizon Wireless. Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us. I'm AJ Gordon, chairman of the Tacoma Pierce County Chamber of Commerce Board of Directors and vice president at Banner Bank here in downtown Tacoma. Today, I am thrilled to be here with the Washington State Fair CEO, Renee McLean. The fair has been a huge economic contributor in Pierce County for over 122 years. We're lucky to be speaking with Renee during September, the height of the fair season here in Washington. Renee, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here today. Well, thank you for having me, AJ. What's some of the greatest things that have happened with the fair so far this week? Because you're about 10 10 days, 11 days into the 20-day stint? Yep, we are on day 11. And I think actually what's been most exciting is that we have been able to, you know, start a fair off without any mandates. Uh, So coming off the pandemic, um, our fair last year, you know, had a lot of more stress to it. And we were happy to be the first event that was open in the state of Washington, but it also had some difficulties going along with it. So it has just been exciting to just have the the party in full force. Uh, We started off the fair with some great concerts uh, and lots of people come in Labor Day weekend and that's really Labor Day weekend we expanded to about seven years ago so it's really exciting to see how that has grown over the years Uh, and then we went into our rodeo weekend which was really exciting this year because we were the cinch playoffs and we we were the final stop before the NFR in Las Vegas so they were doing their qualifying for that and we had a million dollar purse so it was really exciting uh, to watch the four nights and days of rodeos and to get down to those final winners that are now going to Vegas. Very exciting. Well, uh, scones, rodeo, concerts, rides, good food, that's all things we're used to with the Washington State Fair. And you're no stranger to it. You have a new position as the incoming CEO, but you've been with the fair for a while as the chief financial officer. Why don't you tell us about that journey? Well, yes, I have. I've actually been uh, for 26 years, I have been at the fair as the chief financial officer and have absolutely loved that position uh, and never really even considered that I was going to be looking at to the CEO position. Uh, But as we, you know, as I went from having four kids that were raised and starting to become an empty nester, uh, and then actually even going through the pandemic and realized how strong my passion was for the fair, I thought, why don't I spend the final part of my uh, career in the CEO role? Um, And so I did compete for that role against other applicants, and I did win. Uh, And I am thrilled because I really have a lot of passion for the fair, but I actually have a lot of uh, vision. um, And I really want us to, you know, start that strategic planning and that master planning and really deciding what do we want to look like in 15 years from now? I may not even be able to see those, you know, visions and dreams come true, but if we don't know what we, you know, where we want to go to, then we're not going to know how to, to get there. Mm-hmm. And you have a very strong counterpart with our first CEO, who's a female at the chamber, Andrea Ray. So you made a milestone this year and so did she. Yes. Great times. Yes. I, I have not met her yet, but I am really looking forward to meeting her and, and you know, collaborating uh, and doing some things, you know, for Pierce County and Tacoma uh, and getting more involvement on both sides with us at, you know, the chamber here and also with the, your chamber at the fair. Yeah. Wonderful. 
Well, you mentioned uh, that Washington State Fair was one of the first uh, outdoor venues that was able to open after COVID, and you were instrumental during the COVID process as your role as CFO. How crazy was that? You know, that was really crazy. Um, you know, number one was, you know, trying to go into it to protect our staff, right? So that when we we have 50 year round uh, full-time staff and it was really trying to protect, we couldn't protect everybody because we were not allowed to operate. Um, but we wanted to make sure that we had the staff to come back when we were allowed to operate again. And we, that that plan worked very well. Everybody came back um, and there, we, I call them the small and mighty team. And that small and mighty team actually put on last year's fair. Uh, and then we've been staffing up, you know, trying to hire those positions that uh, we were not able to keep during the pandemic. Uh, so that was exciting. We were able to hang on to our cash flow. Uh, we were able to go after all the funding that was out there during the COVID and got about $11.5 million in funding, Wonderful. which really just, you know, replenished what we lost by not having a fare. So, um, but since we didn't spend a lot during that time, we now have money in the bank that we can do some more, you know, bricks and mortar around the fair uh, and do some improvements. So I'm really excited about what that's going to look like um, as well. I think the one thing though, that the pandemic did show me is that we really didn't have a seat at the table. No one was coming to the fair, the biggest event in the state mm -hmm. um, that brings over a million people in the 20 days. Uh, and not only that, we're a year round operation with over 150 events year round. We do three signature events now. And, but we didn't have a seat at the table. They might've been talking to the Seahawks or the Mariners or, uh, but they were not talking to the fair. And my goal in this period of time as CEO is to really develop the relationship. So the next time that there is something and maybe there will not be, but that we are represented. And when people talk about what's happening in the state of Washington, that they are talking about the impact of the Washington state fair and they consider us in that conversation. Yeah, and that is so valuable, too, because the economic piece that the fair brings in every year not only benefits from a micro level, but a macro level to the state. So you absolutely deserve a seat at that table. Yes. Good. yes. Keep pushing for that. Yes. And I think it's also what we represent, tradition and memories. And uh, one of the things, um, maybe a further question, but one of the things that I've talked about in my role as the CEO is I also want to make sure that we have some of these, we have a lot of iconic brands in this, you know, that have started in the state of Washington, whether they're international or nationally known that have started here. I want them to be represented at the fair. If it's, you know, Amazon or Microsoft or Packard or UPS or Brown and Haley or Liberty Orchards, I want them to be represented at the fair in partnerships and exhibits and sponsorship, whatever that is, that is going to be one of my big pushes is to go over the, you know, after those companies and figure out how we can engage them to be a part of the fair. Great. You mentioned earlier about staffing and that pre-pandemic, pandemic, and now post-pandemic, the fair is massive. It's what, 175 acres and thousands of employees. How's that been working now with kind of that, uh, we call it the COVID hangover. Yeah. And that has been, we definitely saw, we rely a lot on returning employees. We rely a lot on, you know, retired employees. Um, and partly because we're as, during school, it's hard for us to hire minors because the restrictions are so tight. So it's hard to manage that. Uh, and what happened, I think during the pandemic is those employees that we'd had for years, 
were not working during the pandemic. They took that break. It had been such a tradition that then they now have not gone back to the tradition. Fall back in. Yeah. And so, um, so we are, you know, recruiting a new crop of fair loyalists that come really, it's not what they're getting paid. It is becoming, you know, it is because they love the fair. It does become a tradition. You meet amazing people. Um, and it is, and it is fun, even though the jobs themselves sometimes are stressful, you know, during the fair, um, the people that you meet in the camaraderie, regardless of the department is is why you're there. Yeah, you feel like you're part of a big family when you go to the fair. Absolutely, yes. We call ourselves the fair family. You know, mm-hmm. albeit dysfunctional sometimes, <laughs> like any family. Every family. Yeah, is that that's way. right. That's right. We are a fair family. So, if somebody hasn't been to the fair yet this year, what are some new uh, events or venues, food rides? I mean, oh, there's wow. so much to do there. But what could someone be like? Wow, I'm really excited to try that for the first time. You know, what was exciting is that we um, this last year bought the intellectual properties to the Taste of Tacoma. Um, that company had gone bankrupt. They needed, you know, they were trying to have someone, you know, buy that name. We did buy it, but it obviously didn't make sense for us to do that in Tacoma. Uh, and there had been some issues with in Tacoma with that event that didn't make it even that it was going to happen maybe there again, even if we hadn't bought it. And so we brought that event to the fair. We had over 40 food vendors. Most of them were not fair food vendors. Uh, so we brought in a lot of, you know, new food vendors. It was a free gated mission. It had you know, entertainment on the stage. It kind of kept that same format mm-hmm. um, had cooking stages and demos. And um, through that, we found that we had some really great new food that actually could service large crowds. One of the problems that happens at the fair is we get large crowds Mm -hmm. and a lot of the smaller food trucks and all that, it is overwhelming. And so it's very, it's hard for them to do that in a fair environment. They could do it at the taste, right? But they were, that was pushing their boundaries. So we brought on several of those, uh, about seven or eight of them and brought them to the fair. Yeah. And they were, we have big Island pokey there. Um, they do a carne asada fry. They do pokey bowls. Mm They, uh, um, we have lumberjack popcorn there, which has cheddar and jalapeno cheddar popcorn. Uh, we have, uh, we actually, one of our new fun booths, which did not come out of that event, but we had an old time vendor leave and they are now running a booth that's like Carnival Eats and they have like a Nashville hot chicken burger, which is a chicken burger with hot sauce in between two waffles. Oh, making me hungry. Yeah, they do a smash burger with a donut. Uh, and so we have a really, uh, we have a, a new vendor services manager who is actually in the food industry and actually has a location here in Tacoma. And so he's really been pushing uh, the whole food program and uh, trying to just bring in some diversity and some new new vendors. We have a glow tea vendor, you know, we have Joe Roaster's coffee. So we brought in um, quite a few new vendors mm-hmm. that came out of that event that we did. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like if someone hasn't been to the fair yet this year, or maybe even a couple years, there's gonna be a lot of new opportunities for them to check out. There are, we have a dinosaur exhibit, this expedition dinosaur. It is a paid ticket uh, to do that, but it is done very, very well by a company we've used before and they've done a great job. We have a free show, which is Extreme Dogs. Uh, and then we have, you know, just all of the amazing things that we have a new history experience museum uh, that was funded by our foundation. Uh, and that is looking at our history, not really as a museum, but really trying to have people be immersed in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, went out to a company um, out of Seattle called Bell and Whistle, uh, who really helped us uh, develop that. 
and really proud of that project. Uh, and so that's another thing to come look at. And then the traditional stuff, you know, the piglet palace, we've had two litters of piglets born that you can see. <laughs> um, and it, you know, the petting farm, you know, all of that is, is still there. We expanded our Sillyville train tracks. So the ride is about not quite twice as long, but that is been expanded. So there's Fun. a lot that's changing out there. Good. So get down to the fair, get right? down to we the fair nine days. Left. Yes, that's right. <laughs> You mentioned the economic driver piece, the supporting the community, really bringing a lot of Washington together through the Washington State Fair. Under your new leadership, where do you see five years from now, if we were to have a, a time travel machine and someone went to the fair, what would you want some of those experiences to be? Well, I think that what we need to do, even when we changed our name to the Washington State Fair, we realized that changing that is kind of a big responsibility. Now we have to deliver on what that is. You know, what that means is to be, we are not funded by the state, but we are the biggest fair in the state by quite a bit. And we do have all of the state competitions end in the state for like 4-H and FFA. So um, it's really important that we that we bring to this state what our state looks like in demographics. Um, and we want to be authentic with that. So we are reaching out. We want everybody to be feel welcome. We want the diversity of Washington to come and celebrate. But we also need to make sure that what we're offering and what we're representing there is something that all uh, that diversity wants to see, right? And so we are trying to be authentic. Um, it'll take some time for us to go, you know, through that process and whether it be, you know, entertainment. Uh, we currently do a fiestas uh, event on this coming Sunday, um, which is actually a free event in the grandstand where we have traditional bands and, and all of that. And we run that through, um, you know, Hispanic group that understands to make sure we do it authentically, that mm -hmm. we get the right bands, that we market it right. Um, and so really excited because this is the first year in like several years, it won't be pouring down rain if the weather forecast is right. Um, so like I said, we're just really, um, we saw over the pandemic, because a lot of our events, that's the only thing people could do, like our holiday magic event that we have, nothing else was going on. We really saw the diversity of the state come to our events and it was a way to show them, you know, who we are and we want to welcome them year round to any of our events that are happening. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed that there's even a greater sense of engagement this year because we are just humans by nature that want connection and to be around people and have that fun family experiences? Are people seeing that at the fair this year? Absolutely. I think, you know, uh, well, first of all, we can see the smiles because we don't have masks on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's, I'm a smiler. So that was really hard to me yeah. to not, you know, see the smiles or, um, so yeah, you can really see that, um, just people really celebrating and, you know, that's kind of our tagline is celebrate life in Washington. Mm -hmm. And you really feel it this year. Um, people, it's been great weather. Um, there's been great entertainment uh, and people are there just having, you know, an amazing time. And so that's, you know, that's why we do what we do um, in bringing people together, creating those memories, those traditions. Uh, and so it really is, you know, makes your heart smile. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, the togetherness. One thing that I love about the entertainment side of the fair is how inclusive and diverse it is. You were mentioning you have from the Kids Bop concert to Nelly to the Beach Boys. So everyone can find something that they like if they want to go to a concert at the fair too. Yes, and, and you said we talked about that a little bit and it's and it's funny because the the board member who oversees that is actually an accountant and that's I worked with him years ago when I first was in work and so he oversees that with a buyer um, who does uh, fairs. But I think they really try to get that diversity um, and make sure there is something for everyone. You know, classic rock and country 
three are always just kind of the staples in the bread and butter. Um, but then they are always trying to round that out with something for everyone. Lindsay Sterling is coming and she's an amazing performer and violinist. Um, you know, we have Maxwell and Joe coming and they are amazing, you know, amazing musicians. Uh, so there's just, you know, a lot, there's something for everyone, mm -hmm. you know, to see. Yep. And Leonard Skinner too, right? And Leonard Skinner, <laughs> yes. At the end, the Doobie Brothers are coming Friday, I think. And yeah, yeah. there's, and Michael McDonald's their 50th uh, anniversary. So yeah. Very cool. So closing remarks, what do you want the listeners to kind of lastly walk away from, from this podcast? You've given us some great information and, and definitely tons of reasons if you haven't been yet to make sure you go to the fair this year. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, I love the fair and I think everybody should come to the fair. It's something for every generation. So, and it, and it does change. I mean, it doesn't matter if you are starting with your young family and you come and you do the traditional stuff and you, you know, pet the animals and you go on the rides, um, you see the piglets, um, you you know, or if now you're the millennial, so I have a millennial children, um, and you come and there are now, you know, nine alcohol, I think it's nine alcohol, you know, locations, each of them are branded a little bit differently. You know, you can go from place to place and enjoy a different experience. Mm -hmm. um, you can have great food for the foodie side of it, right? Mm -hmm. So we have something for that generation, which we had had a hard time connecting to that, you know, that millennial generation, um, or those 20, early 30 somethings. Uh, then you have stuff for the traditionalists or the people where you just want to walk around and you want to look at our international photo exhibit or our fine art department. You want to do some shopping. Um, you know, you want to go just walk around the grounds and see the animals in the barns or see the draft horses. So I think what what's important is there is something for everyone and there are pieces of it changing every year. I was just in the home arts department um, yesterday and I said, well, I think next year we should do a charcuterie um, you know, exhibit, you know, cause they have contests every, contests mm -hmm. every year. I said, well, we should do charcuterie, but what, loves those. I know, but what we should do is we should just give them this tray, bring in like different things and just tell them to create it. Like they won't know in advance. Um, and so we're trying to like, mm -hmm. you know, be relevant, but honor the traditions of the past. We have a guy that came in yesterday that was doing cross stitch. I'm talking phenomenal design of this cross stitch because really in Washington, people, you know, love tradition and just doing it in a relevant way. Uh, so uh, any, everybody should come, but also to visit us year round because right after the fair is over, we go into our Oktoberfest event, Fun. which is, yeah, three days of authentic, um, German beer and entertainment and food. And at nights it's a lot of fun with some more just fun, you know, cover type bands playing, then we go into our holiday magic in December. Uh, and so, you know, and we have events in between. It can be, you could be coming to Victorian Country Christmas, which is a show that someone, you know, operates on our grounds or the sportsman show. So uh, there's a reason to come every, well, if not every week, every month to the fair. Mm -hmm. Good, it's year round. <laughs> year round. It's not just September. That's right. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you, Renee. Really appreciate your time. Uh, you coming here today is uh, reminds me of asking a CPA to come during tax season because I know you're so busy, right? So yes. making the time for us and the listeners were great. That does it for another episode of Making It in the South Sound. Thank you all for joining us. Episodes can be found on the Chamber's website, TacomaChamber.org. Look for the link on the homepage and in the top menu. You can listen to Making It in the South Sound directly on your website. Better yet, even subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. And once again, we do have supporting sponsors of these podcast series and their generous commitment allows this to be possible. Amazon, Columbia Bank, the Minority Business Development Agency, and Verizon Wireless. Thank you and listen for future episodes. Bye for now.